Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining the Data Binge podcast. The title of today's episode number two is To Paz or Not to Paz, Moving Your Data into the Right Neighborhood. I'm your host, Derek Russell. I'm currently a solution specialist for Microsoft's enterprise data and AI solution area. I'm having a ton of fun here. I'm loving this space right now, and it's super interesting. There's so many businesses that are really looking to do some cool workloads around AI, and they need to have a sophisticated data story to move forward with. And I'm also getting to work with some really, really awesome people. And today we have Kirby Repco in the podcast. Kirby is such a great resource in the database space. He's been helping our customers tremendously, and he supports big businesses in the data and AI solution area on the regular. The Data Binge podcast is a series of interviews that I hope to have once or twice a month with colleagues that I work with here at Microsoft who really understand the need for big businesses to leverage the power of their data. The intent is really to establish an awesome library that people can consume on the go on how businesses should be positioning cloud, AI, machine learning, and other data-driven tech across various industry verticals. So if you're an employee, you're a customer, you're a tech enthusiast, or you're a competitor, you're going to be super stoked to listen in. Uh, please feel free to reach me on LinkedIn or at DRUSS Network, D-R-U-S-S Network on Instagram or Twitter. This is a personal thought forum where we share knowledge and ideas. Views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of our employer, Microsoft. Let's get started. I'm super excited about today's podcast. Here we go. Kirby Repco, how are you, my man? Thanks for joining the podcast today. Hey, thanks, Derek. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, so super excited. So how about we jump in? Okay. Um, we work together quite a bit on, on some accounts. I wish we worked together more. Um, you kind of facilitate some of the accounts I'm working on as a solution architect. So why don't you dive into some of the, the cool things you've been doing at Microsoft and maybe before Microsoft so we can get started here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I go back uh, doing IT for 20 plus years here in the LA area. I started at the Walt Disney Company. Back then, GUI was a big deal. You got to remember it, kind of mainframe days, but graphical user interface was a big deal. And we worked with a really old tool called Asymmetrics Toolbook. But anyway, I won't bore you with that. But from there, went on to support the general ledger and uh, doing on-call support. Uh, but lucky break at Disney, we had an HR system running on Sybase and Unix. So I was able to jump into the Unix world and learn uh, Sybase, kind of get away from COBOL and the mainframe and learning Sybase, which was great. And then moved on to doing Oracle uh, DB development using PL SQL. And then eventually switched over to SQL Server at version 7. Some people go way back earlier than that, but I was introduced to SQL Server around the year 2000 at Andy Mac Bank using SQL Server 7. And then going through all the different versions, going through some uh, migrations, uh, but loved SQL Server, kind of cut my teeth on Oracle, like I said, Sybase, and then moved on to, to SQL Server. And I've held a lot of different roles like data architect at, at GMAC, which was great because I worked with the development teams, helping them model data and, uh, you know, making data easy to program with, but also easy to understand for the end users. And then at Microsoft, this is my dream job. I get to go out there and talk to clients uh, about our solutions, about what we have to offer. And it's uh, like drinking from a fire hose, to use a cliche. And it's just a lot where Microsoft product team is coming out with new things all the time. So it's a real fun place to be. 
a lot of open source, a lot of um, uh, platform as a service uh, uh, things that just make your life easier uh, as a, as an IT group. So that's kind of a little bit about the background, and I cover you know pretty much anything to do with data, databases, uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence, reporting, uh, business intelligence. That's kind of a little bit of, about me. That's awesome. So. It seems like you've come a long way from working in the Unix world to, and in Oracle databases, and now you're doing stuff with call center intelligence and chatbots and machine That's right. learning. <laughs> what, what do you think about it? Quite oh, yeah. It is really neat. It's, it's a new world, and uh, man, it, it's, it, things are changing rapidly, and when you have containers and Docker and all that stuff that I need to, to get up to speed on. Um, it's, it's exciting. Uh, cognitive services is a fun one. We're working with a, a client where we have some video cameras located at their headquarters, identifying people as they come and go to see if they're employees or not, you know, and bring up uh, any kind of an, uh, an alert, uh, spotting non-employees, um, even being able to spot equipment coming and going from the building because uh, these cognitive service APIs can spot things like laptops and monitors. and so. Um, Pretty exciting new world and really neat to be part of all of that. That was super killer to hear about. I think I, I pinged you a couple of weeks ago and I needed some help on a project. And you said, yeah, I'm, I'm buying some some digital cameras right now. That's right. Cameras. Said, what the heck are you buying cameras for? And you said, I know. Oh, doing this, this video image recognition, video analytics for a, a customer of yours. So that, that's super. Yeah, cool. it's really neat. And one thing, I, you know, we're doing some custom development with a partner uh, for all that facial recognition using the Microsoft APIs. Uh, but there's another neat thing that's really easy to use, the video indexer. You take that footage and just run it through the indexer. And it doesn't just identify unique faces in the photos and objects and is it inside, is it outside, is it a man or a woman? Um, it also trans transcribes what's being said. So you just feed your video to it, uh, index it, and then you can later, kind of in a batch mode, search on this stuff. You can see what's being said in the video um, as well as search for objects. So that's a real easy, no-code required uh, uh, solution called video indexing. That's super fun. So, and that's not even your wheelhouse, is it, Kirby? Yeah. So, what, so let's talk about what's in your wheelhouse because I was reaching out to you to say, hey, Kirby, what do you want to talk about today This on this data binge podcast where we're, yeah. we're getting deep on what's going on with helping businesses digitally transform and leveraging the power of their data state. And we started talking about PaaS, yeah. platform as a service. And that is such an esoteric, super tough thing for people to <laughs> ask. Even a lot of our very sophisticated customers are like, what the heck is this platform as a service? Yeah. And why are you guys wanting to manage my database? And so... Can you walk us through um, what your wheelhouse is in, in in regard to the past solutions that you want to talk about today, and then what this what the heck this thing is? What is PaaS, and how is it different from IaaS and, and SaaS? Yeah, absolutely, Derek. Um, so yeah, I spent a lot of time with Azure SQL Database, and you know we're all familiar with SQL Server. Uh, you, you stand up a server or you ask the server group for server, then you install the bits on that, then you configure it. And, you know, I, I, my background is DBA and I've been a DBA and I've managed DBAs. And I always say their number one job, number one job is not performance tuning. It's not index maintenance. It's making sure they have a backup of that data. And so 
I'm going I'm to explain the platform as a service kind of by taking a step back and say, you know, how has it been done in the past? So let's say you install a database because you need something for a new application. You put it in a development environment and it eventually gets into production. But you now need to set up backups. Backups are not automatic on that. You have to set up jobs that run and take backups of your data. And then you also need to make sure that those jobs are running. So you set up alerts telling you if those jobs are running or not, the backup jobs, but then you sometimes need to set up alerts on your alerts to tell you if the alerts are working. And I would say, if you don't have a backup of your data, good time to be updating your resume because number one job. So right out of the gate, that, that, that is one amazing thing about platform as a service where in Azure, you set up a, a database and we automatically have three copies of that data for you. So we've got you covered from a backup. You don't have to worry about that. We take care of that. We also have high availability. That's a whole nother thing in, in, the, in the way that it's done with an on-premise database is you have to set up a cluster. You have to make sure this thing is always highly available just in case something happens. We take care of that for you in platform as a service. Um, disaster recovery. You know, the whole data center goes down, uh, you know, in the uh, an on-premise scenario. Where is your data? Well, easily uh, uh, handled in platform as a service. We're doing those things for you. So you're getting out of the business of managing all this infrastructure, managing the complexity that comes along with the database, and it gives you more time to focus on your business. What are you good at? What did you go into business to do? And we take care of a lot of those things for you. Here's another a good little, um, I'll tell you a story. Back when I worked at G GMAC, my old boss, he was not a database guy. But when there was a performance problem, he would always joke that, oh, it's a missing index. It, it's a missing index. Hey, when and, you say performance, your yeah, name, I'm sorry. Thanks, an, Derek. An application yeah. running smoothly. Yeah, all of a sudden something's happening. The, the, the users are, are, are complaining that either an internal or an external facing application is running slowly which would be CR, CRM running slowly or yeah, DRP yeah. running slowly. Right, your online banking system, your online uh, mortgage underwriting system, whatever it was, kind of slow. It. And I would say the database team is guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> and um, so we're like, okay, what is it? And, and my old boss, Fred Bagney, would joke that it's a missing index. And you know what? He was right a lot of the time. And the reason I bring up that story, the missing index, we would add that index to the database and all of a sudden things would get better. All of a sudden the application that people were using would run uh, like it should. And that might, the cause of that might be, let's say there was some new development, there was a new release, they put in some new functionality, that there, there's something in that database that changed and we never made a change to the way that the database is optimized to make that faster. Well, Okay, so that long, rather uh, drawn-out story that I just gave, that is taken care of for you in a platform-as-a-service offering in that we have, if you choose to turn it on, automatic tuning. Um, and, and try not to dive into the nitty-gritty details, but you know, for years, to be honest, uh, we've had this information about how things are running in the database. But with the platform as a service, we've actually put that into action. And if we see something running slowly, some kind of process, let's say you're, you're, you're a banking application and you're just trying to get the balance from your accounts and it's gonna go do a lookup in some 
data store somewhere. Well, we'll determine if I need to do something to make that run faster. And then we'll automatically add that for you without you having to do that if you turn that feature on. Not only that, we then show you a report of how many things that helped. Like I'd say, hey, this helped, but, you know, these various different aspects of the application were helped by this index. And as here's a real kicker. If it determines that it hasn't helped, it will undo what it did if you turn it on. So that's kind of some of the exciting new um, automatic tuning that, that, that's, that's uh, available in uh, SQL DB, Azure SQL DB, which is a platform as a service. So that's, so that's, so that's PaaS, that's platform as a service. So how does that differentiate for the folks that are listening in that don't know that aren't yeah. super, super affiliated with the database world, some you know, business folks and things like that. When we're saying, Hey, let, let Azure or let, or when AWS comes along and says, Hey, let AWS carry your data. We'll, we'll store your data and we'll manage your databases and things like that. What are we saying when we say that versus, Hey, let's do a lift and shift or let's, Hey, let's take your, let's take your virtual machines and put them on our cloud. Yeah. Absolutely. Or, hey, or then you got these folks like like Mark Benioff with Salesforce who are more so the SaaS kind of folks. Yeah. So what are the differences with those three things? And I'd love to hear your uh, sure about the the pizza as a service. I don't know if you've heard about that, but I'd love to kind of talk about that for a couple minutes in the call as well. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just say uh, the way it was before. You would have a data center. And you would have some, what I would call bare metal servers, old actual physical servers that you would install your software on. You would have to make sure there's enough power, air conditioning, disk, all that. And yes, that was virtualized, but it was still physical hardware creating heat uh, in your data center and you needing battery backup and then another backup on top of that and used to be halon in the ceilings to come out and suppress any kind of fire you know all this stuff you had to think about when you're managing physical servers or even virtual servers so the next kind of evolution is infrastructure as a service IaaS, iaas and you can put that in the cloud um, it was still a server somewhere, but you were now no longer worried about like physical security, people coming in and out of the building because that was taken care of for you. You weren't worried about heating and air conditioning. You weren't worried about power supplies, things like that. That was taken care of for you, but you still needed to patch that server. It, you still owned that even though it wasn't in your data center. So there's still a certain amount of headache with managing that, making sure it was the latest version, patching it. Um, so then we go from infrastructure as a service to platform as a service. And that's much more abstracted where you just say, hey, I want a database, this database that I know and love that I'm very used to, let's say a SQL database in this situation. And um, it's created for you in minutes that is automatically kept up to date. And that's probably a whole nother podcast on how we do that, how we test that in, internally. We make sure that there's no breaking changes. We have you know, some beta customers that, that test it before anyone ever sees a change. So you're not worried about another database upgrade. Just think about that. A lot of time is spent with IT departments thinking about we're on an older version of this software. We need to upgrade it to another version. That is taken care of for you in platform as a service. Not only that, 
you don't have to patch it. Like I said, you don't have to upgrade it, but um, uh, it's you can scale it up at, with a click of a, a mouse. You can go into our portal and make that bigger or smaller as you need it. Just think about that in the old days. Uh, you, you'd have to think about going from some HP model of server to another model and copying the data over. And that's kind of a big deal to scale up like that. You can scale up and down really at will. Um, you can also scale out in that you can create copies of your data so that all that load isn't on one server. So that's kind of taken us from bare metal, virtual machines to IaaS to platform as a service. Should I cover software as a service? Yeah. Why, why okay. So then the next thing is, is software as a service is, you know, really think of it, the best analogy is just, uh, let's say you're online banking. You go to wellsfargo.com, whatever bank, you go with fidelity.com to check on your 401k. And there's a software, it's on the internet. You're, you know, you're just, you're just using that and it's, it's simply served up to you. Um, a great example in Azure of a great software as a service would be... Um, something like Azure Data Lake Analytics. So if you wanna do big data and be processing this data, you might set up a Hadoop cluster, manage all that, Spark, have all these different things that you do, but you're actually paying for that. That is running 24 by seven, unless you shut it down, and so you're paying for it. With Azure Data Lake Analytics, you can run these big data jobs, including with R extensions and Python to get into data science, you're only paying for that service as it's running. But as soon as your job stops, you're not paying for all that horsepower that's at your disposal. So it's like this big world of, of, of horsepower at your disposal that you can run when you need it. And then when you're not running, you're not paying for it. All you're doing is paying for uh, the data. So um, that's at least my uh, whack at, at software as a service. That's a great description. I love that. And then I, I like how you, you know, you're, you're very good Kirby at, at touching upon the surface of, of why it's essential for business. And then you can get deep super quick. Cool. <laughs> that's when, that's when people can like myself just get lost. We have to <laughs> defer to you later. So I love when I went up to Redmond to get trained, I think it was last year we went up there for a, a week long training. And yeah. Some of the folks from the evangelist group said, Hey, this is kind of how you can look at, um, as a service models, and they they put up a a, a pizza up on the board. It was like yeah. as a service, and the traditional on premises was, hey, this is the pizza that you make at home. You go to the store, you get all the ingredients, the dough, you use your oven, you eat at your dining table. And I said, okay, that makes sense. And then the take and bake version was IaaS. So you would drive to the store and you'd pick up a pizza that was already made but not cooked, and you'd go home, you put it in your oven, and then you did it at home. And then there was the PaaS version where the pizza was delivered already piping hot for you, like a Domino's edition. Yeah, absolutely. Your house and you just sit at your, in your, your dining room table and you eat with your family. And the last thing was the SaaS where you just go out to the pizza parlor and eat there. No, absolutely. Awesome analogy. Another one I did was kind of a car thing, you know, buy a car, you have it depreciate, you have to take it to the mechanic or, so that's IaaS. And then platform as a service is renting. Every time I go to, enterprise down the street, they got, you know, very late model car. I don't have to worry about maintenance. I don't have to, you know, do anything to it. It just works. So that's PaaS. And then SaaS, of course, you can probably already ahead of me. That would be like Uber or Lyft. Hey, I need a ride. Car shows up, takes me there, you know, done. 
I'm not even worried about putting the key in the ignition. Uh, just another analogy. So, yeah. Kirby, so who cares about this kind of stuff? <laughs> uh, so obviously oh, gosh. you have a lot of, and, you, and there's a, there's a lot of speculation yeah. on why companies are so curious as to what this is and why they're not moving forward. And a lot of database architects are fearing yeah. losing their jobs. Um, just because well, no. Oh, man, I'm glad you mentioned that. And that's a super, and I covered it, I think, on the last episode with Derek Eckemeyer. But businesses are, are looking at some of these things. And some of these, some of these businesses that we talked to have these massive data centers globally. Yeah. And they're saying, oh, we want to keep our data center. But that's not really their proprietary function. Right. So, you know, why, why does an auto manufacturer have to manage a data center? So we're exactly. starting to have those kind of conversations. So why, why should businesses care about this thing? What are they saving if you're talking to a CIO or, or even a CEO-level person and they want to cut costs or they want to start really being, becoming a data-driven business? And yeah, absolutely. Why are they having to look at this? Uh, so many different ideas uh, in my head. But um, number one, uh, like you uh, um, said, scaling. We're all trying to do more with less. And do you really want your staff spending all this time managing infrastructure, managing things that are depreciating? Um, uh, let's just take security alone, even. Let's say you have a pretty good security staff. I don't know, maybe you have 10 full-time security people. Um, when you go to a cloud solution like Azure, you've got thousands of security people. That is their full-time job to find vulnerabilities and then to find other people that are trying to, you know, uh, get in, in into the system. So, so you just can't have those kind of resources with your own company a, as you can in, in, in Azure. Also, you're, you know, to keep your business up and running, um, you need, you need disaster recovery options. And that's also a big deal for companies uh, to set that up as a whole, typically a whole nother data center uh, versus honestly in SQL database, it's a few mouse clicks to get a copy of your data in a completely different data center on the other side of the country or the other side of the world. Um, security is top of mind. We don't want to be in the headlines, right? Some of the built-in features, uh, we have vulnerability assessments in our platform as a service uh, uh, offerings where it's going to go out there and it's going to look for NPPI, non-public personally identifying uh, information. It's going to find some of this stuff for you if you if when you run this, so that you can mitigate against uh, those kind of problems, or, or or you might need to uh, encrypt or scramble that kind of data. Um, uh, you know, you, you do you you want your staff that you're paying for uh, working in the realm that you have expertise on, and you don't want to have to create a data center expertise from the ground up application, you know, level team from the ground up. You really, you want to focus on your core business. So platform as a service really frees you up from all of that. Um, so that, that, that's, that's a little kind of thought on, on that question. That makes, makes a ton of sense. And then when we start taking a look at things like AI and machine learning and advanced analytics and some of these hot topics that we're seeing every day. And then you and I, I mean, we probably spend the majority of our time talking about how to help businesses digitize yeah. and leverage the power of the data state and what that means and looking at a digital strategy. And a lot of these things, of course, have to live in the cloud because it's yeah. easier to light up 
workloads in the cloud and to start utilizing the scale there and the opportunity to, to look at different data sets within um, our, our cloud. So when thinking about these kinds of databases and these kinds of ways of managing a business's data, why is it more powerful to start running AI-driven workloads? Well, first of all, uh, you um, once you've put your data in the cloud, uh, you, it's like you've moved into the the right neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> the, the old the old real estate adage is, is location, location, location. So when you're in Azure, you're in an amazing ecosystem. You're in an, an amazing neighborhood of advanced analytics, including. Uh, machine learning, so you can run your experiments. It, it can be, if you're very advanced and you have data scientists and you want to run R, you can run that um, in Azure on your data that it's right there. If you want to use uh, simpler things like Azure Machine Learning Studio, um, your data is, is, is right there in that same neighborhood where you're running those applications. When you're running Power BI with its advanced analytics and, and extensions to R uh, for data science, that is also in the cloud. So um, it, it's like get it into the right neighborhood and then you're gonna have the advantage of all the things in that ecosystem around it. And uh, you're kind of no longer in the business of shifting up and down from from your on-premises server. So that, that, that's one one thought on that. So what is So what does the storyline look like Kirby, for let's say you're a machining business or you're an asset heavy business somewhere, somewhere here in Southern California, maybe you're a real estate business, you're a, a massive lender, um, but you're managing your own infrastructure. You have a data center, you have IT folks, you're looking to digitally transform, you're reading these things all the time, you're going to conferences and you're hearing about AI and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to get going. <laughs> this is the AI's been mentioned yeah. 50 times in my Twitter. Right, exactly. Going? Like what's going on here? And you know, you have, let's say you're, you know, you're a CIO or you're, you're a CEO and your shareholders are saying, well, what are you guys doing to, to defend yourself from things like disruption, like Amazon? So what does the storyline look like for a business that has those, le that legacy set up in terms of how do they move into this, this great neighborhood? How do they, Find uh, find out which neighborhoods are great in the first place, and then and you don't have to get too detailed. But yeah, what does that process look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So one way you can kind of get started really quickly, and I was just talking to another colleague about this, is um, we have something called Azure Data Factory, and it's point and click, no programming. You point to your data source. It can be Oracle, it can be SQL, flat files, but you can set up a job to copy that up into Azure, like every. 15 minutes, as frequently as every 15 minutes. And then, now we can start doing some analysis on that. We can run some machine learning experience, uh, experiments. I have another customer that ships equipment around the country and around the world. And they want to know, you know, what are the risks of this shipment, you know, based on weather, based on like a, a strike with some kind of a carrier, airline or whatnot, what are the risks to this? And so we're helping them run that through a machine learning uh, experiment in Azure uh, Machine Learning Studio uh, at, at, to be able to drive these decisions for the business. So it doesn't take much to get started because you can use something like an Azure Data Factory without getting into too much detail to get your data into Azure and then run it, uh, create some experiments on it. 
or even here's a super simple one that you can do literally this afternoon. I'm not sure what time people are listening to this podcast, but let's say you have some FAQs. We all have some frequently asked question pages. You can use our Q&A maker. You turn those FAQs into a chat bot. You can have that up and running in literally minutes where people now coming to your website for answers instead of having to, you know, it's always hard to navigate a website. Where do I find my answer? But bots right there saying, hey, what question do you have? They type in a question and it will come up with a response for them based on your, your FAQs that you already have set up. Really easy to set up. And you can go much further with that where it's integrated with your customer uh, application and you can hand it over to a customer service representative. Um, but so, so the Q&A maker to create a quick chat bot using Azure Data Factory to get it up and run some machine learning uh, experiments on it. And Power BI, if you want to present dashboards to your executives or, or to your users, Power BI is a really great tool, very secure, but very easy to use. So those are some touch points that kind of you could get started with pretty quickly. That's great. That's great. That's a really great way to take a look at things. So really taking a slow... Walk, crawl, run. That's yeah, right. Yeah, and starting with things like an FAQ and a Power BI. But I really like that you mentioned the, the Azure Data Factory as an ingestion engine, pointing that at different databases, maybe starting off with a small yeah. data set and doing some really fun things on them and seeing if you can... Yeah, and real quickly, I'll mention a lot of companies do use SQL Server integration services as their tool of choice to, to for ETL, for transformation. That has plugins that, that make it work very easily and seamlessly with, with Azure too. Another easy way to get data up, including if you're using Informatica, you could use that too. This is great, Kirby. So a lot of different options, uh, a lot of advantages it seems like with moving into a PaaS model and putting your data into the cloud. And it's not just a lift and shift, you are mess for less, but it sounds like there's just a tremendous amount of value. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't mind me jumping in with one, one additional thing, because you mentioned this earlier to my fellow DBAs that worry that their job is going away. It's not. There's been that threat going way back to, I was certified in Oracle 7.3. Okay, that really dates me. But I remember back then, a new version would come out and they say, hey, it's just going to be just, it's just going to take care of itself. But what happens, yes, all those, some of those mundane things you were doing have been automated, but then there's a bunch of new advanced features that are added that you need to learn. So you're I feel like the DBA is always going to have a solid job because they're just adding so much to these databases and there's so much integration with other things like you know, Polybase where you can integrate with big data right with your relational data and it's using a common language. So the DBA, you, you got a solid job. That there, There's so many advance, advances uh, to databases these days. There's always uh, things to keep you busy. You're just an all-around good guy, Kirby. Hey, thanks. Looking out <laughs> for my fellow DBAs. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and I'll put your LinkedIn information in the, in the podcast notes so that people can just go ahead and reach out to you. Yeah. And then finally, how about we talk uh, about what you're interested in for the future? Like, what are some things that you'd love to work on? Any little pet projects? And can you even talk a little bit more about your YouTube? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So YouTube channel out there with, oh, maybe 20, 30 videos. I try to uh, uh, disseminate information. It's easy to digest. No intro music. Don't hold me to that. Maybe I'll add music at some point. But just right to the point, I'm not talking about myself. So that is YouTube. 
slash C for channel slash SQL talk. So SQL talk is, is my channel out there. Um, and you can add comments if you want, questions, and I try to answer those. Um, you know, I, I would love to get into product evangelism. I'm, I'm, I've spoken at a SQL Saturday, DBA back to DBA folks. That's uh, something we had at our first Los Angeles SQL Saturday last year. There's an Azure uh, data boot camp coming up in April uh, that I've submitted a session for. So I love talking to people about this technology and, and, and trying to make it a little easier to digest. Um, and I am looking forward to getting uh, deeper into machine learning and really kind of, um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people might casually call themselves a data science scientist, but that that's a that's a deep topic, and I would love to get into that more and learn uh, a more not only about the tool, but about the the math and and, and everything behind that that uh, helps drive um, data science. So I'm looking forward to to learning that. Well, I'm, I'm pumped up to, to see you continue to grow, Kirby. We just we just met each other, started working each other probably early last year. And yeah. you uh, are very progressive and folks in the organization understand that you're always willing to learn. And from a technical point of view and being your, your business side peer as a solution specialist, it's it's super exciting to be able to get on calls with you and, and see all the different technologies that you're, you're spinning up in your repertoire of skills so quickly. So Super pumped to continue to work with you and looking forward to having you on again. This was fun. Excellent. Derek, thanks so much for setting this up. Uh, this was a lot of fun. All right, Kirby. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Okay.